Well, what do we have here? A curious lost soul. You might just stay right where you are. Look around. There's no door. There's no window. There's no escape. I have you here, under my grasp. No one can hear you. Be still and listen as I narrate a story or two. And maybe you'll learn something. Until then, you stay. You stay. You stay. escaped man. The rain was falling heavily. It was like driving through a thick curtain of water. He eased off the accelerator a little. Had to be careful driving on wild nights like these. The last thing you want is to have an accident or break down. You just want to be at home on these stormy nights. The thwack, thwack of the windscreen wipers was hypnotic. He stared out into the glow of the headlights. The rain sounded like white noise interference as it battered the car. He was reminded of the opening scenes of a Hitchcock film. Through the wash of the rain, he spotted a figure at the side of the road. The person wore a green parker and had their thumb jerked out. Why on earth would anyone be hitchhiking tonight? Surely you would just stay put until the morning. They must have been in a rush to get where they are going. He signaled down and pulled over. The hitchhiker climbed in. He shut the door quickly. Glad to be out of the rain. He pulled his hood back and sighed. He was somewhere in his mid-twenties and had wild red hair and a thick beard. Awful night, eh? said the driver. The hitchhiker held his gaze for a long moment. Drops of rainwater trickled down his face. Yes, yes it is. The driver pulled out and continued through the storm. The hitchhiker glanced 
over his shoulder into the blackness behind him. You okay? The hitchhiker simply nodded. They drove on in silence for a short while. The BBC radio phone in blaring out from the car speaker filled in for conversation. They listened to the radio and their own thoughts as they moved on. Where are you headed? asked the driver. North, the hitcher pointed. Are you traveling to visit friends? Hmm. The driver couldn't tell if that was a yes or a no. He adjusted his tie nervously. The hitcher stared at him in his suit and tie. The hitcher seemed scruffy in comparison in his Parker and Pink Floyd t-shirt. Do you work around here? asked the hitcher. Yes, said the driver. I was stuck late at the office. You know how it is. No, not really. Again, they drifted into silence. The talk radio show carried on as they drove through the wind and rain. The hitcher shifted in his seat and stared out the windscreen. No music? The hitcher asked. What? Is there no music we could listen to? I like the talk radio shows. I'm not really a music fan. The hitcher's eyes glazed over for a moment. Then he spoke. I like listening to music. It calms me down. The driver said nothing. Several miles later, there was a news bulletin on the radio. The reporter tried to remain professional as he read the announcement. We are getting reports that a patient has escaped from a Manchester psychiatric institution. The man is said to be psychopathic and is said to have a history of murder. The hitcher jabbed a finger on the button on the radio panel. Teeny pop music blurred out from the speakers. The driver stared at his passenger his question unasked. I hate the news, answered the hitcher. It's so depressing. It brings me down. There is never any good news, is there? The driver did not reply. Don't worry. I'm not the killer, said the hitcher, fidgeting with his coat. No, said the driver. I mean, no, of course you aren't. They drove on listening to the crappy pop music over the excited radio DJs. The rain pounded on the car. What do you do for a living? asked the driver. The hitcher was quiet for a moment. Then he grinned. I'm a writer. Really? How interesting. Have you had anything published? No. As of yet, I'm an undiscovered artist. I'm sure you will make it. What are you working on at the moment? I'm writing a novel. Yes. It's about a serial killer. The driver did not speak. He flicked the talk radio station back on. 
Where can I drop you, Axe Driver? The driver glanced at his passenger, and he had his eyes closed. He was either asleep or falling asleep. They drove on through the storm down the snake lanes. An hour later, the storm still growled and raged. The hitcher looked out the window. The driver steered the car in silence. Another news bulletin came over the radio. We're getting more information on the escaped patient. The killer's name is Simon Hughes. He escaped from the Green Pastures Institute earlier this evening. Simon Hughes made his escape by changing from his hospital issue uniform into a suit and tie and pretending to be one of the medical staff. He stole the car and drove off. The hitcher turned to the driver. What did you say your name was? My name is Simon. The hitcher stared in shock. Simon grinned. The headlights of a passenger car glistened off on the blade in Simon's hand. Mommy's Home A father is laying in bed after just waking up. He grabs the baby monitor and walks to his desk in his office at home. He has a baby on the baby monitor and he hears his wife singing to her. He cracks a smile and he hears his wife go to sleep, go to sleep. When suddenly the front door opens up and his wife comes in with groceries. What's in the basement? Mommy told me never to go in the basement, but I wanted to see what was making that noise. It sounded like a puppy, and I wanted to see the puppy. So I opened the basement door and tiptoed down a bit. I didn't see a puppy. And then Mommy yanked me out of the basement and yelled at me. Mommy never yelled at me before. And it made me sad, and I cried. Then Mommy told me never, ever go into the basement again. And she then gave me a cookie. That made me feel better. So I didn't ask her why the boy in the basement was making noises like a puppy or why he had no hands or feet. Hello. Hi. A man leaves his house every morning to walk to work and passes a mental hospital surrounded by a wooden fence. Every morning, the patients are out in the yard and he can hear them saying in unison, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. One day, he gets curious and looks through a hole in the fence. Suddenly, a stick shoots out and pokes him in the eye. Fuck, he says to himself 
while walking away pissed off, he can hear the patient saying, Eleven, 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 eleven. Something's coming for me. I know that sounds crazy, but I felt it getting closer. I'm too scared to tell anyone. I know because I'm afraid it will come true if the words leave my lips, which is why I'm writing it here anonymously. Just like the shadows, I'm invisible here. I've never been overly religious, but I've been keeping a Bible under my pillow. I kidded myself if I keep my hand on it, I'll be safe. It never stopped. The sound of the dragging feet on the carpet in my hallway. I assume their feet. It happens after midnight when everyone else is asleep, apart from me. It all started after I did the thing. The thing I won't mention. I was only dabbling, but even that must have been a sin. I know that something was watching me. It's been stalking me every night, staying in the shadows and creeping closer and closer. First, I hear the strange beak clacking and chattering. I can't think what else that sound could be. If that's not bad enough, the claws being dragged along the walls send shivers straight down my spine. My father thinks the scratches are from my brother when he sleepwalks. I let it be, but my brother looks at me helplessly, taking the blame. But why? Maybe he knows my fate. The thing is, that thing doesn't visit him. Every night, it gets closer. I can hear the wheezing and the smell of the sulfur around my head as I bury my face into the pillow. Last night I heard the demons whispering, the demons who accompany that thing when it stalks. I hear the words coming to me in waves while my face digs deeper and deeper into the pillow. They tell me the time is nigh. I have a hunch. That means any time now. They tell me I already know that there's nothing I can do to stop them unless, unless I can find a substitute, a sacrifice. I've already stepped over the line. My soul is already forsaken, so there's nothing stopping me from doing the unthinkable. When that evil thought crept into my mind, I heard the sinister footsteps halt. It spoke volumes to me. Then the voices became excited and cheered me on. Yes, that's right. Do it. When I heard the footsteps going back down the hallway and stopping at my brother's room, I let out a sigh of relief. I had noticed that the Bible was gone. The voices were whispering again as my brother's bedroom door opened. He only screamed for a moment. Then his voice was muffled and soon silenced. 
the thing shuffled back down the hallway with the voices stating simply, Two for one. The cackling of the beak was receding as the sharp claws on the walls trailed off. When I finally got up and went to my brother's room, I saw he was gone. The sheets were on the floor covering a pea stain. I was surprised that there was no blood. I knew that it was pointless telling my parents. When I got back to my room, I saw the Bible on the floor. When I bent down to grab it, I saw the words scratched on the cover, two for one. I tossed it in the garbage and tried to go back to sleep. Last night, after lying to my parents and telling them that my brother was staying at a friend's place, I got into bed and wept. After falling asleep, I woke up to hear the dreaded footsteps and chattering beak. There were two sets of claws scraping the walls, two sets of footsteps dragging along the carpet. My blood froze when I recognized one of the voices. Two for one. The angry, rasping voice belonged to my brother. Not long now. There was no Bible to clutch and my face only burrowed into the pillow for a second until it was ripped out from under me. I know I'm damned and they're coming for me. They like to tease, but any night now, I will join my brother. Something is coming for me. This has been Scary Story Weekend. On the WR Podcast, let freedom ring.